3: mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of
4: life's messes.
3: Hi, happy mess. I'm Zuri
4: Hall, and this is Hot happy, happy Mess.
3: Oh, shoot. What is up? I am Zuri Hall, and this is Hot Happy Mess, where we make the most out of the moments we are in and help one another find the magic in the middle of our messes, of which... For me, there are a plenty. And I'm assuming you too, today. Ooh, today. All right, wait, just turn the lights down real quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, nice, nice. Can we light a candle? Couple of candles, a little incense? Maybe put on a little berry white? Matter of fact, hit me with the Barry White vocal filter. Can we do that, Dwayne? Is that an option? Can we just
1: drop my voice like 10 octaves? I don't care if it's creepy. You get the point. Because today, up, up,
3: hey. we are getting into the nitty gritty of the naughty, naughty. We are talking about S-E-X. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you. I got my again. Okay, I'll stop. Thanks. Um, First of all, let me say, I am mortified for the possibility of either one of my parental unit listening to this episode. So, hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. If you could just skip this one and come back next week or actually maybe the week after, that would be great. Thanks. Love you. Bye. You guys, they listen to every episode. I love them. But this ain't the one, not this episode. Okay, I don't want to waste too much time. I want to dive right in to this episode because it is so special. I'm so excited. It is just a full-on, anything goes, no holds barred, anything you ever wanted to ask about sex to a professional sex therapist in a safe space and a no judgment zone because that is exactly what it will always be up here at Hot happy mess, okay? I'm telling you right now, you are going to want to share this episode with your girls, with the fellas too, matter of fact. So just go ahead and send it to your friends now. (laughs) Step out on faith, take my word for it, and y'all can link up and talk about this episode after you both listen, okay? Send the text. This is me waiting for you to share the episode. Okay, so like I was saying, this is just one long ask me anything with an amazing sex therapist named Dr. Donna. And some of my group chat girls are joining in to ask their questions. I'm asking my questions. I'm asking some anonymous questions that were submitted from listeners. And we're all just going to vibe out from how to spice it up in a long-term relationship to, you know, if you're not able to orgasm and figuring out why. The secret to amazing Oral. If you are trying to show off what that mouth do. Ooh, y'all are nasty. You are nasty. Uh, (laughs) Solo sex. Whether or not porn in a relationship is okay. If it's not, how to navigate wanting spontaneity and spice with your partner. Even while living with the trauma that comes from being a sexual assault survivor, we are really just running the spectrum today, okay? So the group chat ladies that we have are Travasha, Leah, and Veronica, and today's sex therapist, y'all. She is so dope. I absolutely loved my conversation with this woman. She's so fun. She keeps it so real, just tells it like it is, Dr. Donna Oriowo. She is an international speaker and certified sex and relationship therapist. Therapist in the Washington, D.C. metro area. She's the owner of Anned Wright. Dr. Donna specializes in working with black women on issues related to colorism and texturism and its impacts on mental and sexual health. She's the author of Cocoa Butter and Hair Grease, A Self-Love Journey Through Hair and Skin. So without further ado, it's time to get sexy in here. Here is Dr. Donna's Ask Me Anything. OK, so before I let the ladies of the group chat just like let it rip, I want to let it rip. That sounds. Oh, God. Childish bar joke. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. sorry. Um, I want to just open up the floor to you first to just kind of break down for our listeners. Uh, what is it that you love most about sex and relationships, about navigating those waters and helping other people do the same?
4: I think one of the best parts about it is just that I get to be there for people's journey. Um, sometimes I'm there for their actual awakening, for them to be like, oh my gosh, I am a sexual being and I deserve pleasure. And I'm like, all right, great. Now that we know that, let's get some. Right. Oh, yes. Amen to that. Um, I'm going
3: to let the ladies take it away. But first, as an icebreaker, I want to know, what is the wildest sex-related question you have ever been asked?
4: You know, at this point, I feel like they're all kind of old.
3: She's like, I ain't new to this. I guess <laughs> listen. <laughs>
4: I mean, what's wild? Oh, wild sex question. If not wild. Uh, and wild, I guess for you. Some people yeah. do ask about sex with their siblings. They ask really? me a lot. What? No. I way. get a lot, a lot of questions about how do I go about having sex with my sister or no. with my brother how would I approach this well so they're actually like, oh.
3: interested in navigating incestuous waters like they're trying to figure out how to step into
4: that yep wow
3: what okay, do you, know, have to, right. what do you, you give them an answer
4: <laughs> yeah what do you say um, I think that some people might be trolling me but okay. <laughs> for some of them I'm just like well you should start with does your sibling want to have sex with you?
3: Girl, listen, like what in the oh my God. Okay. Then the, the end question. of the day,
4: consent is the name of the game. If yes. they are if they are not game for what you are wanting, then the answer is just simply no. Then you don't get right. to actually explore those lovely waters. Right, right. You get to figure out something else for yourself. Oh
3: my gosh. That is fascinating okay all right I'm gonna marinate on that as much as I really want to go down this rabbit hole with you right now I am going <laughs> to redirect and just dive right in with the ladies of the group chat anybody want to go first with their first uh sex related question for
5: Dr. Donna hand up anybody no sure, I, I can go, go first <laughs> okay Leah um hi Dr. Donna I'm Leah so nice to meet you hi. um so nice my you. question is around uh after sex actually Uh, I have a Mm -hmm. really hard time um, being intimate with somebody and then being able to fall asleep next to them. I actually have to always remove myself from the situation. Otherwise, I stare at the ceiling for the entire night. And um, I guess my question is, do you have any advice around trying to make that stop or what that could be, the reason behind it? Literally anything you could offer around
4: that topic. So for this one, it's, there's so many different ways that you can go, right? So number one it's are you having an intimacy issue with the person that you are sleeping next to, right? So if the answer is no, like we we vibe, we get along very well, we're, we are in sync, then it could just be that you simply get the best sleep when you're by yourself. <laughs> right. And I think that oftentimes, because we get this view of what the perfect after sex relationship is supposed to look like it's supposed to be oh we cuddled and we lie next to each other we fell asleep holding <laughs> each other and then you wake up with a dead arm and that's not fun it's okay. which, which part of that is actually that. cute <laughs> none none of it i am definitely the person that's more of a oh, get off me I was like, wait, you the- oh is it wait you're oh you're the one pushing them off like i need my space i'm yeah, like I need space, like I'm hot. <laughs> I am hot now. I need I need some space. I like right. the room. I like the bed to myself. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with wanting the space. Okay. It's going to be more about how you navigate that with partners. Some people are going to feel hurt or rejected, but they need to know that it's not about them, that it's about you. That, you know what? I just need space. I don't sleep well like this. So I would prefer that we can separate. And are you okay with that? And what feelings are coming up for you so that I can try to hold space for your feelings and your thoughts around it. But really, this is something that also, it's about my pleasure as well as about your pleasure. And I don't get pleasure sleeping like this. Thank you,
3: Veronica.
6: Okay, I was gonna suggest I go next. Anyway, I have all the questions. Hi, Dr. Donna.
4: Hi, Hi, Veronica. Nice to
6: meet you. Um, So I'm one of those women and I know there's many others who I wasn't able to have an orgasm with a partner until the age of 29. And that's the partner I'm with now. And it wasn't for like lack of intimacy or like lack of good sex. I had plenty of that. I just couldn't um, come. I could do it by myself, but not ever with a partner. So what is that about?
4: There's so many things in there. So a lot of people have heard about the orgasm gap. Um, but Wait, basically, the gap? I, haven't I haven't heard, heard of this. it. Tell us, women don't have as many orgasms as men. Oh, oh, oh that's the yes. term for. Oh okay. yeah, I definitely have heard about that. Then okay, yes. there's yes. the orgasm gap, <laughs> and, and but the gap is like, it, to me, it's mountain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a whole valley. <laughs> exactly, it's a whole valley. <laughs> so like, I think they said something around like 95 percent of men will have orgasm from sex, from penetrative sex. Whereas women, it's some people, I think they're being very generous with this number, but they're saying around 80%. And when I subtract the liars, (laughs) when we subtract the liars, it's probably more like 20 to 50% of Mm -hmm. women are actually having these lovely orgasms. Mm. Part of it, there's so many different reasons. And I would say that one of them is that when we are younger, We are very much socialized into doing the very thing that they already told us to do. Your job as a woman, when you're in a relationship specifically with a man, is to please them, to be cute for them, to have sex for them. So it becomes very performative. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us end up in our heads, which is basically taking us outside of our bodies. Mm -hmm. We are now trying to like I arse my back. Is it cute? Right. Do I look Tune cute? Tune it up a little bit. <laughs> is it you look animal? back at it? <laughs> <laughs> like, is it like, am I super attractive in this right. moment? And we are not really in our bodies. And then when you add that to the fact that a lot of us have not even felt empowered enough to explore our own sexuality outside the confines of a relationship, then it makes it even more difficult. When you're at the beginning of your, uh, sexually active or a having sex journey you are also in a space where you may not know everything that you like in the in, in the same way that that trying to cultivate it requires a little bit extra on your part right mm-hmm. like we learn ourselves and we learn ourselves over time and the closer women get to 40 you know the more top in the sex <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny i
6: was so touched by this that like I said that God must be giving me a sign. Whichever man is the man who makes me come to orgasm, that's the man I'm supposed to marry. (laughs) Leave
3: it to Veronica. That would be the one sign she needed from God of all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Lord Jesus. If he can just get me from A to Z, that's
4: it. <laughs> I'll meet him at the but altar. I
6: like will. One part. I, let that I, be I told one my boyfriend. Part. We might be talking about this, and he's like, "Okay, well, make sure you let them know it's Sims with one M.
4: am like, "Okay." <laughs> 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 Nobody <laughs> will know about you. Josh out here putting it <laughs> down. We love to see it. it. We love but, to see it. <laughs> but you know, you also don't want to get dickmatized because that <laughs> also happens. We we overstay our own welcome in a relationship or allow mm-hmm. someone to overstay their welcome just because we've had a few great orgasms. Yeah. We have mind blowing sex. Sometimes people connect physically, but they don't connect in any other way. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that all your connections, all those pistons are firing, that yeah. everything is exactly where you want it to be for you to feel fulfilled. Yeah. So
3: the, the, the fact that you mentioned that Dr. Donna, I want to ask quickly, have you heard, I am obsessed with this album y'all Jasmine Sullivan's new album, hotels. When yeah. I tell you, instant classic, like just on repeat obsessively. And I also really love all of the commentary around sexuality and learning to own her body and learn what she does with it or own what she does with it. Um, the song Put It Down is what I thought about when you talked about Dikmatai, because <laughs> she basically is sprung on a an ain't shit fill in the blanker (laughs) and it's just like not the not the situation it's like come
4: on girl listen just come on back back. to us
3: come on back girl we'll get you somebody else we'll get you something else um okay vosh do you have your your question lined up your first one
7: yes okay so um sorry to make it get deep here but i am a sexual (laughs) abuse survivor Mm -hmm. and so um obviously that's translated and you know, manifested in many different ways throughout my sexual history. And I really didn't have, um, I really didn't enjoy sex. Granted, I had a lot of it, too much of it, (laughs) um, throughout my years, but I didn't really enjoy sex until, um, I got older and I found my now husband. (laughs) And, um, but I'm, I guess there's two parts of this question. One, how would you what would you say to help other people who are survivors um, navigate their um, sexuality? And for me, sometimes with me and my partner, um, we have an issue of him not wanting to overstep and, you know, maybe become like a trigger for some of those um, memories. Um, but then me, I'm I'm not wanting everything to feel so, like, planned out and, you know, like, okay, we're going to have sex tonight. Um, I kind of want him to, like, come on to me. But then if he comes on to me sometimes too strong and I'm not, like, in that mood, then it, it just makes for a, a hard uh, relationship when it comes to the sexual part. So what would you say
4: for us? <laughs> so... I would say that going, rewinding to the beginning, no such thing as too much. You just have just (laughs) enough for you. Um, I did enjoy it, though. It wasn't for me. Yep. And that's the thing that that's where we're going next. Um, So many folk have a lot of trauma. And one of the ways that a lot of us try to recapture our power is by choosing who we have sex with, even if the sex is not enjoyable for us. It's almost about dominating or getting back something that we feel was taken from us as opposed to being something that we are doing for the ple- the pure pleasure, the f- pure bodily pleasure of being in a sexual moment with somebody. So with this, how to sort of um, navigate this, one of the main things that I teach a, a great deal of my clients who are um, sexual assault survivors is that First, you've got to get into your body that when you are, when you get back in tune with it, then you'll be able to share it in a way that feels good for you with someone else. So to that end, I usually recommend this book called solo sex by Afro sexology. And it is a, it's a beautiful digital download. Um, And this book, what it gives you is gives you a chance to re-romanticize sex and sexuality. It, reminds you to think about the place the places in your body that actually bring you pleasure and i usually layer that right so we're gonna start with where do you have sexual anxiety based off um sexual assault history where does that live in your body and how can we actually remedy that how do we make that feel a little bit less anxious and then How do we replace it with pleasure? How can we seek pleasure using all five senses? I know that most people think that a sex therapist will only talk about sex, but that's not true. Um, I'm also bringing in the sensuality piece of it. And that part is about bringing in those five senses. What are the things that you view that bring you pleasure, that you hear, that you smell, that you you touch, that you taste? You want to bring in pleasure in all those areas and also map it. Where in the body does that resonate? So that you can tap in. You also, you always want to be able to tap into the pleasure points because when we are re-experiencing, when we're in a space where we're remembering what has happened to us, we are tapped into pain points. We're not tapped into pleasure. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we're, we're resolving as much of the pain as we can. Right. And I always say with a therapist, mm-hmm. some uh, a guide and having your tribe of, lovely folk around you who support and love you. Um, but you wanna you want to do that, that part, but you also wanna make sure that you're bringing in pleasure. Oftentimes we're very focused on what we can take away and not what we're adding back in. So we need to add back in pleasure. If we're taking away pain, you wanna add something in. Otherwise new pain likes to make itself known, likes to take its place. Mm-hmm. Um, for the second part of your question about trying to get some spontaneity within that, that sex life. Now, this is one of those, that I like this question. Um, (laughs) There there are so many different ways to sort of navigate that piece. And I think that one of the biggest ways, number one, sit down and have the conversation, right? Like I like, um, you know, I was was reading a little bit about what it is that you've tried before, Um, you know, I'm going to put this thing out here and just let you know. Come on now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But what about your seducing him? Mm. A slow seduction. Vosh, I know you got the moves. First of all, Dr.
3: Donna, she is playing coy. She is a former uh, NFL cheerleader and she was just shaking them things and pushing (laughs) them together and popping them out. So, Travasha, you practiced a lap dancer too. Don't front in front of company now. When we were uh, roommates back in the day, Vosh was like, sit here, sit on the couch. Okay, I'm going to practice my my striptease. I was like, girl, I could have work in an hour, but okay, lay it on me.
4: Do that. Lead, lead a little trail of clothes or something to to the bedroom, like oh, like do a little scavenger hunt. Some things that sort of get and keep you in the mood, but also invite him to catch up to where you are. Um, and you know, use your resources, all the resources that you can use that lets him get a sense of what works and what doesn't work, and also to know that hey, try it, and if it if I'm not receptive, that's okay. That just means we we back off on it for right now and we try to revisit it later. We can talk about what was going on for me at that moment. Maybe that resolves, maybe that leads to sex anyway. So give okay, yourself space that. to, you know, let it be a little bit messy, let it be a little bit mistakey, but mm-hmm. be vulnerable in it. Okay. It seems like you got the one you got the one you want. So yeah, I now. did. I do. <laughs> she, she's amazing. <laughs>
3: Okay, I'm I'm repping for the anonymous submission, so I have a question, and an anonymous um, asker says, when you're very experienced, but your partner is not, how do you grow in your sexual relationship together? I know you have to, quote unquote, teach what you like, but give us some tangible step-by-step activities and things that will lead to that development when there's a, a, a divide between experience.
4: This is like one of my favorite questions ever. Um, Oh, it's one of the ones that I get a lot like, oh, well, you know, they're more experienced than I am. I'm more experienced than they are. And I'm just Uh like, you know what? In the end of the day, when you get a new job, you have to be trained on the job you just got. Yes. You can bring your skill set, but you know, you're going to have to grow some new skills when you get there anyway. So um, on the more gentle side of how to make this one happen. I would say, um, do a yes, no, maybe chart. Um, so a yes, no, maybe list or chart, um, depending on where you get yours from, list all the sexual acts that you could possibly do. And you're able to say, what are yeses? What are no, definitely not. And what are the, I'm intrigued. Let's talk. Oh, okay. So now you have a little something, something to see maybe a little bit about where their sexual history has already laid. So what they already are good at, but I mean, I am, I'm all for teaching, especially in a hands-on sort of way. So for me, what that might look like is that you make a little video and then you watch it, you review and you discuss. (laughs) (laughs) Review and discuss. discuss. Yes. Take (laughs) it back to class. (laughs) <laughs> um, but you know, if you're not into making videos and a lot of people are not because everything ends up on the internet these days. Listen, oh my then god. <laughs> after, <you> know, exactly. <laughs> then after sex, then you wanna talk about it. What were your favorite parts? What went well, what you really enjoyed. Um, giving that positive reinforcement means that the next time they're gonna try it again. They wanna mm-hmm. they wanna bring it back. Um, but you also want to say the things that you did not like because you want those things eliminated immediately mm-hmm. Prune those bad behaviors as mm-hmm. soon as you see them.
3: How do you say that if, if a partner tries something and you're just not that into it, how, and it, but it's not like, it doesn't cross the line where it's like, oh no, that is a hard, no stop. It's just like, oh, how do I break into my partner that I wasn't that into that. What does that script maybe look like?
4: Without hurting their feelings. Like okay. So I like to do you like to sandwich it. So you sandwich it between the positive, you put the negative, you end with a positive. Okay. So I really liked when you nibbled on my ear that way. It really that felt really sexy and really turned me on. But when you stick your tongue in my in my ear, that sort of brings me out of the moment. Yeah. So, could we do more of the nibbling? Because I really like it. Oh my God. I'm a huge, that was cute. I'm gonna be mm-hmm. over here, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Ladies,
5: yeah. I'm a huge fan of the compliment sandwich. I use it all the time. I never thought to use it in this situation.
4: I'm like, I'm taking so many notes over here. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a good I, that's why I say that sex, is, in a lot of ways, is like your job or yeah. take, you know, if you move in that same way then mm-hmm. you're able to bring in some of those same skill sets. You can't right. just tell people at work, like, you suck at your job. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> is not you an option. a sandwich. <laughs> so bring the sandwich back in, even in the bedroom. Okay. Um, so, you know, like I said, making a video, talking it out about what you liked and what you didn't like. Um, plan out some of the sexual activities that you actually want to do together. So if you use that yes, no, maybe list and discover that both of you have something that maybe you're not as experienced in and something that they want to try, then both of you can go in on the internet, look it up. What kind of things would you need? What things do you need to buy? How would you need to prep the space in order to make it happen? Okay. Usually people look at me like, what kind of prep, what kind of sex are you having? like, yeah, What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> we had to my Walmart on the way to the crib. <laughs> I just say like, if you're going to use a sex swing, for example, for oh, the first yeah. time, you want some prep. You want to know exactly what you're doing. (laughs) That That one is not a spur of the moment; (laughs) it is planned. Oh my god! Um, You got to test the wall mounts. That seems very dangerous. (laughs) Uh Like, let's make sure that what's the weight limit? What are we doing? (laughs) Like, ah, okay, this feels comfortable. Yeah, we're good. We're Um, good. And same thing with like anal sex. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people see it as one of like the sexual taboos, Mm -hmm. as it were. So um, with anal sex, it actually does require preparation. So okay. it is about cleaning the area well and thoroughly, mm-hmm. um, maybe foregoing certain foods that make you feel extra gassy and feel like you have to poop oh my, a couple <laughs> <Yeah>. days before, <laughs> oh just so right. that, you know, you ready. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and then making sure that you have all the materials that you need. I often say that the first time you're doing anal, you're not sticking anything up the butt, but this. Okay, we gotta be careful. I am O for
7: listening. three. <laughs> the yes, one we are we tried training it. the booty. <laughs> like,
4: no
3: more training the booty. Training
4: the booty. Training, training <laughs> the booty. A lot of people jump straight to some big phallic thing in their butt, <laughs> and they're like, "See, I don't like this. This this right. don't feel good." That's me. Like that. <laughs> you dive in the deep end never again. All the nerve endings you want are around the anus. You don't want to. You don't want to dive all the way in. So just <laughs> start small, but the the planning process all of this helps to draw in those other skills that we have from other sex acts and brings them into the bedroom so that you're able to figure out how to sort of bridge the gap between someone who has more experience and someone who doesn't
5: okay good stuff good stuff good Leah what's your next question so my needs are very like flip floppy and it it gets confusing for me and it definitely I feel like is not super fair and can be confusing for a partner. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll have years where I like only want casual sex, casual encounters, either short-term or more of a long-term regular casual thing. And then I'll, you know, get into a place of actually, I want something with more intimacy and safety and security. And then I'll like get bored of that and want to go back to this sense of freedom um, in, in, you know, casual encounters and, my original question was, like, is this normal? But I, I don't think that's a good question to ask. So I guess I would just ask, like, can you speak to anything around that? Have you heard of anybody around that, you know, that has that experience before? And just any advice that you would offer me moving forward? I'm, I'm single now, and I'm getting to the point of, like, oh, I think I actually do want to be in a relationship. But before I jump into something more serious with somebody, I, I would like to have certain things kind of sorted out so that I'm not, you know,
4: being unfair to anybody. I definitely understand that. Um, and this is something that I think that a lot of people sort of deal with um, in, in various ways. Um, so part of it for me is, do you feel a pressure to be in a, in a romantic monogamous relationship? Because oftentimes we are OK not being in one, but then we feel like we're supposed to want to be in one. So we do the work to get back into one. Even sometimes before we're actually ready and open for that type of experience. Um, Sometimes we just miss certain intimate things um, like the vulnerability of being in a relationship maybe or cuddling or touching or something like that. But these things can happen in a more casual encounter if we cultivate it that way. What I'm saying is that you can have the best of both worlds. You get to construct what that looks like. And a lot of us are, you know, we're minded toward monogamous relationships. And a lot of folk that I know that have this way of feeling, like being, you know, this sort of push and pull, are in poly relationships Mm -hmm. because they're able to say, like, you know what, your needs will still be met by your other partners. And my need to be alone does not bother you. And when I'm ready, I get to come back and I still get to have that experience. I get to have the way that I need to experience my sexuality, my intimacy, my romantic relationship is something that I get to construct for myself and not something that the greater society tells me I'm supposed to want to do. Mm -hmm. So you really get to construct it how you would like to. Now, if you're saying that, actually, no, I really do want to be in a relationship in those moments. And then I'm just like, maybe they're just not the right person. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's there's just so many different factors there. Um, when it comes up in therapy, we we usually take time to like un- unwind all that. Like, what are all of the right. things that sort of go into it? What are all of the thoughts? What are all of the feelings? Mm-hmm. And if it were if you had a magic wand, what would you want? Okay, Leah, you might not I'd want, want like a, a permanent, I don't make like a part time boyfriend.
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> that can be
3: arranged. I
5: feel like there are people who would gladly jump to right, that. Part time boyfriend, long distance, something Absolutely. like that. Yeah. I'm definitely going to think more. Love about a long it. distance mode.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I am the queen As of the As a long matter of fact, some moment. people purposely get into relationships with people who will be long distance. They choose <laughs> military folk or folk who travel a lot for their jobs. And that's also why the pandemic grounding a lot of them was yeah. the kiss of death yeah. for their relationship. Yeah. It's like, um, you're supposed to be gone 60% of the time and you are 60% <laughs> more friends. in my face. <laughs> Remember how exactly. I don't sleep well with you next to me? Get out of here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, Veronica, you have your next question?
6: Okay, so I feel like my question was kind of answered, but I do have like a different kind of follow-up question. Too. Yeah. My question was just about um, around trying different things with your partner new things without insulting mm-hmm. them, saying, you know, like... Um, kind of what you're doing is not good enough. Like, you don't want to make them feel that way. But just that you want to try a new thing.
4: Ooh, what are you holding up? Is that a game? I love Ooh, a game. These Ooh, are okay. Use Your Mouth cards by <gasps> Shmira Howard, oh, okay. um, a, a sexologist that I adore. Okay. And these cards are all about building that intimacy back in. Mm. It, it asks all kinds of questions. How do you like to feel before sex? Uh, describe your ideal relationship. How do you like to be appreciated? What do you like the most or the least Mm -hmm. about your body? These things sort of get you into both an emotionally and a sexually naked place and allows you to build that connection, that intimacy, while at the same time, you're getting to learn some new things about your partner and possibly some things to do in the bedroom. So if you use this in conjunction with the yes, no, maybe list, Uh the fun I love it. I, I just, I love
3: all like the adult, like games, just period. I'm always like, okay, guys, I so have a game, whether it's like <laughs> naughty, whether it's PG, because I feel like it's such a great icebreaker. And especially in like a sexual context, it, it feels much easier to bring up new stuff when it's like, oh, we're just playing this crazy game. Like, I'm just going to blame this idea that popped up in my mind that secretly I've been thinking about for the last three months and be like, oh, I don't know where that came from. The games got me all crazy. <laughs> you know
4: what? I say use the things that are actually... Fingertips that are at your yeah. disposal. Yeah. So, some of my friends they um, they host classes teaching people how to ride dick or how to suck a dick or uh-huh. how to do cunnilingus. Uh-huh. And if you watch those things with your partner, number one, you're going to get new ideas. That's that's just a given. It is going to happen. Um, one of my favorite is from Ask Goody. Um, they do want, What was it called? Um, Rideology. Um, And I I gave it away to all the followers um, on my Instagram. Well, to however many people would actually fit inside of a Zoom room. Uh And um, Goody taught us how to ride a penis. That was the class. That's what we learned. Wait, that's amazing. And it was just, it was so much fun. And it's also a good way to be like, I want to practice with you, my partner. And you learn some new techniques. And it's like, well, what else would you like in this? Um, because you know, goody, Goody does a really great job. I also say, and I know that a lot of people don't like this, but use porn.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Porn is acting. I know that it is. I- I'm hoping that most people know that it is. This is like it's like watching Fast and the Furious. You don't expect anybody to actually, you know, slingshot a car. Right. Um, which means that have temper your expectations about the porn that you are watching, but you can still use it as a great way to introduce new things that you might want to try. Be like, oh. I can do that. <laughs> like, come on, let's go try that.
3: Right. I just got my you, degree in so radiology. Right, right, like Shoot. Why do we work? <laughs> just got off the of Zoom. So
4: let's use go. It a, <laughs> use it as a way to sort of integrate new sex acts into, um, into what it is that you're already doing. This next
3: question, I know this is different for everyone. And, and so, of course, it would be tailored to that. But do you feel like there is a key to good oral sex? Like whether it's um, a blowjob, whether it's conolingus, like, does anyone say conolingus? But what would you say
4: is, is the key to that? Loaded you question. Need to no have, questions. I mean, there's so many, I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, what do you need? What you need is lubrication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the main <laughs> thing that you need. And I think that a lot of us are a little bit too shy about the type of lubrication that we might need. Sometimes you need to throw some flavor lube on that thing uh-huh. to help you out. Um, and it should be a full body experience. It is not just your head; it is your body. <laughs> you gotta to to get, get the body roll. I I like the listeners could like, see her rolling her whole clear, body. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Donna is giving us some amazing movement in in the blowjob department. Yeah, right we're now. getting a degree in blowjob. Head to toe body roll. <laughs> Yes, but your body should very much be involved. And that's Mm -hmm. for everybody involved. No matter who's giving, no matter who's receiving, your body should be involved. Mm -hmm. Um, And make sure there's some level of communication because what some people like in their oral sex, other people don't like. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that a lot of people do not like teeth involved in their oral sex. However, some people... Definitely, like some a little a little tooth action, a, a little, little graze. T- He's going on the yes, no, maybe. But you should chart. only do that when you know what you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah, pull it out, put it up on that yes, no, maybe chart, and <laughs> see what see what's what in there. But um, it's really about making sure that there's some good lubrication, as well as you are enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants a pity blow job. Nobody wants to receive <laughs> pity head. I want you to want to do it. I want you to say, climb on top of my face. <laughs> <laughs> like sit on my face. Like, yes. okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Don't <laughs> die. Let's go. Okay, that was gold. Thank you for
3: all. That that. so good. Vash, do you have your next question, Trivash. I
7: do. Okay. So my husband and I are goofy all the time. And I guess sometimes it's hard, like, okay, we have sex, clearly we have a baby, but it's hard to get into that like sexy mode. Like flip the switch. It, yeah, it feels like we are like acting when we try to get into that like sexy mode. But like, I want to be in that sometimes, but a lot of, uh, most of the time we spend um, our beginning of our like foreplay, like laughing and. <laughs> It's just, like, not what you see in the movies.
3: Yeah. yeah. And on top of that, like, when you're living together, you're seeing someone all day, and it's not yeah. in a sexual way, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be this temptress, yeah. and I literally just, like, farted on the couch or like It's just, oh my <laughs> oh my God. Right. Exactly. not that I do that. A,
7: but it's like, like, it's hard how, to How, how can we gears? get some of that, that <laughs> sultry stuff? Because I even when I do try to, like, do it, I feel... Like stupid, <laughs> I feel stupid, and we both feel stupid. I did, um, I did make up a dance and gave him a bunch of uh, one dollar bills and-, and had him like, you know, I gave him like a little show. But even then, rain. okay, even My then God. we still feel like a little silly. I mean, granted, still leads to sex, which is like the end game. But I want to f- have that, you know, ooh, like that sultry.
4: Feeling at the beginning, How do we... but we're crazy goofy. So what do we do? <laughs> well, I'm also crazy goofy with my partner, and this is not a problem. This is actually a leg up. Um, it says that there is connection. There's vulnerability. You can make each other laugh. There's connection there, so use that. Um, it seems like maybe trying to be sultry in that way. In, in a very specific way, usually one that, you know, we, we learn from watching movies and TV It's like, Oh, gotta be all like on your Jessica rabbit or <laughs> some, you know, something extra sexy. And it, it feels au- inauthentic. Um, you want to make sure that no matter how you approach your sultry, your sexy, your sexy, that it is actually authentic for you. Um, so it might be that it is a little bit goofy as well as sexy <laughs> in there. Um, and if it's getting you to where you're wanting to go anyway, then I don't know that it's actually a problem. Um, but what, what you can add in is some role play. You can pretend to be strangers meeting at the gas station and mm-hmm. um, pick them up and take him home um, and, be, and try to get yourselves as much into the character as you can and maybe being, um, you know, like putting into that space of acting May take a little bit of Vasha out and put a little bit of this sultry, sexy stranger that you're sort of channeling in, and that that might also help just a little bit. But you know, the goofy, I think, is pretty, is plenty yeah. sexy. I know. <laughs> like, don't don't leave it on the drawing wood, floor. You know, bring it with you. Right, right, bring okay. it in.
3: Uh, Vasha, you should try. There's this game called I think it's Come As You Aren't. And it's a role play game and they have like cute little cards with like a scene, a character or whatever. So you pick one of each deck of cards and then it's <laughs> like, OK, this is my role tonight. This is yours. This is where we have to meet. So it'll be like, oh, meet the person at a bar or meet on a park bench. So it kind of takes the you guys having to figure out a whole plot line, character twist, development, all that stuff. And just <laughs> like, OK, this is the card we drew. Let's see if we want to have fun with this. I like I'll, that. I'll send it Ooh, to I your like cards. that. I'll send Special Come time as you are I'm going <laughs> to yeah. order that next. Yeah, you got to try it. You, you
0: got to try it. <laughs> I may or may not have dabbled in the cards and dabbled
3: to you. <laughs> I have them <would> recommended there.
0: <laughs> um. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future
3: Dr. Donna, when it comes to masturbation, we have a question from one of the other girls in the group chat who's not here right now, but she's asking, is masturbation healthy for people in and or out of relationships? But I feel like I hear it most often in a relationship. Oh my God, my guy's like jacking off when I'm not there or, or when I am or, or vice versa. And then, you know, maybe he assumes, am I not enough for her? Blah, 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 blah. What do you think about masturbation within the context of a
4: relationship? Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it a lot. Here here. Do it together. Do it apart. Mm. Uh do it. Do it before sex. Do it after sex. Do it in the middle of sex. Yeah. I'm saying do it all the time. Do Have it. Have fun with it. Math like I love that's why I love the month of May so much, right? May is National Masturbation Month. It's one of my favorite months. Uh, um I just talk about masturbation know. all month long. <laughs> mm, learning so I much. I love that it you are excited
3: for masturbation month that someone would be like, Christmas is my favorite holiday. She's dancing! Dr. She's like, like-, it's like it's May
4: 1st. It's go time. It's May. It's gonna be May. <laughs> right. I'm shout like, out to I, love- <laughs> I just I love masturbation, made because I get to talk even more about masturbation. But masturbation, both in and outside of a relationship, is, I think, super important. And with and without your partner as well, because you are going to be learning new things about your body every single time. Mm. Masturbation is also a great way for meditation. It is also a great self-care practice. It helps to lower that blood pressure and all that. And it's also really great me time. Um and I tell people all the time to add this into your mindfulness practices. If you can get your mind right and get mm-hmm. off at the same time, I don't see one reason why you should not. Right. So I, I think that oftentimes the real problem here is that we want to take ownership of our partners. We want to own them and then own all the pleasure that they get to experience. That if they do not experience pleasure with us, that somehow now they are they're going beyond the confines of what you have expected within the context of a relationship. But if we remember that we do not own people, we get to experience things with them Mm -hmm. and that they will experience things on their own and we get to come back and debrief about all these lovely experiences, then you give yourself a chance to let them learn something new about their own sexuality and you get to come back and explore that thing with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And masturbation can be... Hella sexy mm. with your partner. Um, especially for people who are in a space where you have low sexual desire, like you're just not really feeling it. You can add your partner to your masturbatory practices. You can just be like, hey, I'm just trying to be on top of you while I do me. Mm. You can kiss my neck though. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> and hit him with a haircut. <laughs>
4: you, know. you, you get right here. You get right here. And you can also just put on a show. I'm going, you are going to watch me masturbate. And I feel like no, that's such a turn for people scary. too. Like people love
3: to watch that. And I, I don't think there's a guy out there who would be like, wait, I get to watch you do what?
4: Really? Like yep. sign me up for the show. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> and it's a great learning opportunity from them. They get to mm-hmm. see what actually helps to bring you to orgasm. What ha- What kind of touch you enjoy, how you touch yourself and maybe what toys, if you're using any toys, what toys you like how you integrate them into your own sexual repertoire, and they get to learn from it, and they get to be like, "All right, cool, bet you like this. Watch me, watch me work. I'm gonna do that mm-hmm. plus this." This mm-hmm. gave me an idea. Mm-hmm. It, it broadens the type of sex that you can have. It deepens the level of uh, sexual pleasure and connection you can have. But instead we choose to feel threatened because we're acting as though there's scarcity on pleasure and that if we miss out on anything, we miss out on everything. Mm. So if we just remember that we are together, number one, if you're together, you're together. Y'all gonna have more times to have pleasure together. It does not mean that you're not allowed to have pleasure apart. Right. I think of it like, for me, I, I am a huge donut fan. And you were about
3: to bring up um, food because I was already, my
4: mind was going there. I was yeah, like, I'm going to eat alone. Yeah. I'm going to
3: eat with you. That's we going to eat donuts.
4: all the time. Exactly. <laughs> you you don't say you can't eat no food without me. Right. So why would you, like, what? Like, how dare you have that donut mm. when I'm not here to witness it? <laughs> I mean, it Right, when you on say on it like donut. that, it really does shift the <laughs> line. Like, what? That made no sense right but right. I think that part of the problem is that too many of us we move through sex and sexuality and relationships as though we have to have a monopoly on the other person so for some people it feels like I've conquered you if I've gotten you to be with me I've now put a cage around you you belong to me and mm-hmm. everything that you do should be by my whim so mm-hmm. I get to I get to you know throw a couple of flakes in your cage and that's the food you get to eat. Mm. And that's the only time. And the only time you will have pleasure is when I bring it to you. But if we remove ourselves from this idea and allow ourselves to be free birds to do what it is that we do that brings us pleasure, we can also come back and share that pleasure with our partners as opposed to feeling stagnant about Mm -hmm. only having pleasure together.
3: I love that perspective, too, because it's the desire for control, not just sexually and relationships, just period, that oftentimes leads to so much conflict or resentment. Even if someone does acquiesce or give in or, okay, I won't do this or that. But feeling like one is not in control of one's own decisions just makes you not want to do whatever for the other person. When if you would had the opportunity to give that to them of your own volition or your own free will, it might have shifted the energy a little bit. Um, We're going to let you go pretty soon here. I just, now I'm like holding you captive because this is just so fascinating. But I promise, I promise uh, we're almost done. Uh, When it comes to a healthy relationship, how often should a monogamous couple be having sex? Basically, what is the least amount that is healthy (laughs) that we don't have to worry about? Okay, do I need to just... Let me go put something cute on and just give
4: it <laughs> <back>. The absolute <laughs> least amount for very... <laughs> I would not say it like that, right? but you know what I mean. <laughs> Goose egg. Zero. If you zero, don't want to have girl. sex in your relationship, then you get to have zero sex in your relationship mm-hmm. as long as both of you are on that same page together. Right, right. If you are talking about having, like, okay, your, the high-sex partner wants sex five times a week and the low-sex partner wants sex once a week, then y'all probably are having sex once a week. Okay.
3: So it's not about like we need to average. It's the person who wants it the least. That
4: is the frequency with which you will have. Yep. That is the person that will have Mm -hmm. some level of control, as it were, on the frequency of sex. Because we're not forcing them to have more sex. Right. Now you can try, they can try to stretch themselves to have more sex but that also means that you're going to come down. This is why it's important to also make sure you're masturbating because you are going to have to make up the difference on your own. There it
3: is. Boom. In conclusion. I don't think that's a word. But I enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Uh, what would you say to anyone who is considering seeing a sex therapist? What are some of the main reasons people might go to one? And also just any parting words, words to the wise over here. What should we be thinking about as we, we explore these sexual journeys of ours?
4: I think that a lot of people come to see a sex therapist because they are at their end. Um, with where their sex is. They don't like it. They're not, they're not feeling it. But oftentimes what they forget to tell me and what I will discover in the first session is that you have relationship problems and those led to sex problems. Mm. Most people think they're coming to sex therapy. They're coming to relationship therapy. And once they fix their relationship, the sex will follow more times than not. Okay. But they, and often they're pointing the finger. They need to be fixed, right? They have this low sex drive thing that's messing us up um, or, well, they now want to be poly and I'm not into poly. And sometimes we find out they don't actually want to be poly. They just want to be having better sex than the one that they're having right now. And they want the experience of somebody new, but not with you. Mm hmm. So, I mean, there there's so many different reasons. And that's not to say that that's all poly relationships. I believe that that is not the majority of them. Just that these are some of the reasons that people have come in to see me. I see more single people in sex therapy than I see anyone in a a relationship. Um, Interesting. Women are very likely to take on whatever blame in the relationship. What can I do to fix me so that I can have more sex or so that I can have orgasms because they feel bad because I don't orgasm? And when we get right down to it, they don't even have relationship satisfaction. Their partner is not listening. They are, they are out of sync with one another. There are so many things missing. They do not feel comfortable. They do not feel safe. They cannot be vulnerable. This is a horrible recipe in trying to, in trying to make great sex. It is not going to work, almost no. ever. Um, and you know, some people just want orgasm. And that's that one is usually pretty simple. I'm like, well, do you orgasm on your own? If the answer is yes, then you are capable. Get out of my office. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kicking people out of the office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I try my best. And this is something that, you know, my my staff is something that we know and something that we practice while. Yes. We earn our money from who we see. Our job is not to keep you in therapy forever. Our job is to kick you out as soon as Mm -hmm. possible. Um, Sex therapy, when it is true, sex therapy is super simple, super easy. And you'll be done in about 12 sessions if you do your homework. And most people are going to do their homework. It is not cheap to be in sex therapy. And a lot of insurance companies do not cover it. So you're going to do your work. (laughs) Um, But for most folk, and I can give you some free advice right now. If you feel like you're not having the best, orgasms, you feel like they're a little waning, they're not as strong as you'd like, drink more water. You're probably dehydrated. What orgasm will you have when you don't drink enough water? What? I don't know.
3: <laughs> that, is, that is it. I've
4: never thought about that correlation, but mm-hmm. I also don't drink a
3: lot of water. It's a-,
4: a, a muscle contraction. Yeah. <laughs> your, yeah. your muscles are contracting. What muscles are You when would you be
3: surprised no at the complete lack of physical. I don't run. I don't walk upstairs. I don't do nothing but eat macaroni and cheese and hot Cheetos and drink wine. So <laughs> I need to step it up clearly. If people want to keep up with you, if they want to reach out to you, if they want more of
4: these gyms that you've dropped or maybe even a book a session, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at anodright. It's my first name backwards. A N N O D R I G H T. And at anodright.com. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Donna. Ladies, thank you so much thank for joining you. the conversation. Dr. Yeah. Donna, I'm following thank you right now.
3: Thank you, Dr. Donna.
6: <laughs> yeah. I'm yes. Oh, yeah. Same, for. same, same.
3: About to get all the tips, <laughs> all the tips. Yeah. <laughs> happy best. Such a dope combo. As you could tell, We could have talked with Dr. Donna for hours. We actually held her hostage after we finished recording and talked even longer with all of the ladies after after that. So special thanks again to the group chat girls, to Travasha, Leah, and Veronica. Thank you for your vulnerability, for your openness. Make sure you all go follow the group chat. Ladies, we'll link uh, all of their social media details in the show notes so you can keep up with them too. I will see y'all next week for more of the love and relationship series, which you guys Guys are absolutely loving. Don't forget, share this episode. If you didn't text it to a friend before, I know you want to text it now. So go ahead and pass it along to someone else who you think is going to love this. I want to keep the conversation going with you all week long. You've listened to the episode now. I read all of my tweets. I open my DMs. I read my comments. I respond to so many of them, as many as I can. So I want to know what you are loving. What stood out about this episode? What did you love? What else have you been listening to uh, on Hot Happy Mess that you're enjoying? Go ahead. Hit me up. Slide in the DMs. Tag me. Comment. Post an Insta story of you listening or shouting out the podcast, and I will gladly repost it. We love to see it. We love the support. Love to give that support right back. Hit me up, tag at Zuri Hall and at Hot Happy Mess, and I will see y'all next Monday for another episode. Bye, guys.
6: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal
1: podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment